BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags and with me today my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you Yeah, I'm uh, tired. Uh, disappointed, um, yeah, just, let's get on to this and, and try and knock it out fairly quick, unlike mm-hmm. the fighters who, uh, were on the card. So basically, we've just finished watching UFC Fight Night, Rosenstruik versus Cyril Garn, um, Vegas 20, I believe it is, um, a non-fight card, um, after a few more dropouts, it seems like the UFC cards over the last couple of weeks have been uh, very cursed. Um, so through these prelims, we started in the light heavyweight division with Justin Dustin Jacobi picking up the decision against Maxim Grishin. Then uh, the only finish of the night uh, with Ronnie Lawrence getting the, the KO against Vince Cicero in the bantamweight. A uh, decision in the women's bantamweight with Alexis Davis getting the win over Sabina Maxo. And then the featured prelim, uh, Thiago Moises, uh, picking up the decision against Alexander Hernandez. Uh, first fight on the main card. Uh, it was originally, I think, going to be Angela Hill. Um, but unfortunately, her fight got cancelled. Uh, due to uh, COVID-related issues, uh, she would have broke the record for the most amount of strawweight fights as well in the in the UFC. So uh, a massive, massive shame for her. But we ended up starting with Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, taking on uh, Kevin Kroon. Uh Went to a decision, <laughs> a pretty fair decision uh, for um, uh, Caceres. I felt that. Uh, on the feet, it was it was easily the more dominant fighter. Uh, but even with Kroom and his uh, and his um, his quality uh, BJJ, Caseros um, was able to defend the takedowns very very well. Get uh, some uh, 
some of his own kind of takedowns against the fence. For someone like Kroom, who is so much shorter than uh, Alex Caceres, he, he, he was good at bullying him and uh, really like, forcing him up against the cage. But Caceres' um, um, defence up against the cage, and then even when he was on his back on the ground uh, with the body triangles and, and the attempts at uh, uh, arm bars and... and um, and 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 stuff like that. It's Caceres just absolutely uh, dominated the fight and uh, got away with a, a a very quality unanimous victory. Yeah, and you can't argue that. And it's a fair victory overall. Showing that he was a better mixed martial artist, they were able to switch his game up rather than just trying to go for the grappling side. He were able to show what he had on the ground, show that he were able to defend, and show that he were able to have offensive and defensive boxing on the feet so yeah for me that we're a fair decision can't argue with the judges with that yeah uh next we'll go into uh pedro munoz and jimmy rivera in uh the bantamweight division for me this was far than that absolutely two guys who went at each other like they owed each other fucking money they wanted to beat the living piss out of each other um Great boxing from both, really kind of like getting in the pocket, but there was one clear winner and it all came down to uh, Pedro Munoz and, and that use of that calf kick. Wow. He, uh, within a minute of the first round, he had uh, swelled up uh, Jimmy Rivera's uh, calf to the point where Jimmy was having to shake it off every time it, it, it took a, a shot. Um, when Jimmy did come forward, he, he, he hits like a bloody tank. For someone so so small, he's built like a barrel, and he just was able to land some big shots. And uh, Munoz was a couple of times where he was very very shaken in the fight, but he gave but gave in terms of uh, in terms of punches back as just as much as as he, uh, as he got with uh, some of those uh, stinging left hooks, but. The, the 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 winner was was those calf kicks and when we get into get into like the second and third round it, the the shots were were that hard they were taking uh, Rivera down to the floor and and Rivera was just really really struggling to to um, get any movement on the on that lead leg in the third round he's trying to switch to southpaw which. You can tell he wasn't left-handed and he didn't feel comfortable at it. Uh, and he was forcing himself to not switch back. But, yeah, it's a, a great victory for Pedro Munoz. And uh, really kind of uh, that should uh, move him well into the ranking and put him in, in maybe the conversation for uh, a title eliminator. Could possibly well be. Obviously, the game plan going in there, he were able to execute that, um, like I said, the calf kick perfectly. And he's got under a new coach who's... Uh, a Muay Thai coach is one of the best from American top team mm -hmm. uh, so it weren't really anything different bar from him but say kicking a lot of the elbows and kicking a lot of the, uh, the calves and he weren't really having showing any damage himself bar from his other leg that was a bit of swelling from where Rivera was returning his own but Rivera had him hurt a couple of times like in the first round he had him stunned and then later on in the, the third round so He's dangerous all round, is um, is Rivera. So you've got to always watch him when a free uh, a free round fight or a five round fight. You've always got to you've always got to watch his fist because he's got danger in both of them. And once he if he hits you clean, you'll know about it. And obviously, um, Marez, he he's already been beat off Rivera, and this were one of them fights where we were coming into it and it's like I've 
become the better fighter and I'm going to beat you today. And he were able to go in there and have a perfect game plan and show that. Yeah, what was it? It's like nearly five and a half years since mm. they last fought. Um, and uh, Munoz gets that gets that victory back. And uh, I think this fight probably had a lot more importance than, than the fight... Uh, uh, in 2015, so um, a great game plan by by Munoz. You can't fault him for that. Uh, going into the middle of the card, and we had a uh, another women's fight in the flyweight division this time. Montella De La Rosa taking on Myra uh, Bueno Silva. Uh, interesting fight. Um, really, kind of the 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 breakdown of this fight comes to that defense grab by uh, Bueno Silva um, in the, in the first round where. Um, she was uh, basically used the fence to stop a takedown, which is an instant point uh, deduction. I think that proved pivotal in this because all the way through the fight, it was very razor thin. You had uh, uh, Della Rosa doing uh, doing well in the clinch and uh, doing well in in terms of like uh, trying to keep um, uh, Bueno Silva up against the fence but then you have Bueno Silva who was really good at, 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 the, at the dirty boxing and getting and getting the shots off at, at the attempts at, to take it to the ground um, but unfortunately for, for um, uh, Bueno Silva that point has proven very very uh, pivotal because it meant that she got um, a majority draw uh, all three rounds were pretty much a lot of the same um, going through the, the same kind of tactics there was no real change up uh, you had Bueno Silva going for submissions and you had um, De La Rosa um, able to kind of clinch up against the fence and, and, and pick off some shots um, but yeah, the the judges gave it. I think one judge gave it to uh, uh, Bueno Silva twenty eight twenty seven. But the rest of the judge, uh, the both the other judges gave it twenty eight twenty eight, and we get a majority draw. Um, I think um, De La Rosa can can thank her lucky stars that uh, Bueno Silva grabbed that fence in the first round, and uh, because I think she was on for a beating in this. Definitely, she didn't grab that fence. She would have won the fight, and that's as simple as that. And De La Rosa. Uh, she was a lot grappling heavy in this fight and to be honest with you, that's what made her, uh, made her pay. She was eating a lot of knees and when she was mm-hmm. eating a lot of knees clean to the face, it's not good. Like, look at her heart, that's definitely yeah, a and the, and the broken orbital. And then the, the, the broken nose uh, from the knee uh, in the middle of the third round as well. Yeah, so it's it, she played a very dangerous game in, uh, in there and use a, a face as bait a lot yeah absolutely um, going into the the core main event and uh, Nikita Kralov who uh, has been doing bits since he dropped down from heavyweight uh, I think they said he was 7-1 uh, at, at light heavyweight and then uh, Magomed Anklev who is uh is he still unbeaten in oh no six and one in the UFC now? Um, both vying to t- kind of push their way through that uh, the top five of the of the light heavyweight division. But to be fair, I don't think this fight did any of them any favors. Um, these these two guys have are known for not even getting out of the first round, uh, getting on quick finishes. So 
we uh, I was at least hoping that this fight kind of kicked on and, and we got some um, some finishes but unfortunately it it really wasn't to be uh, the first round I felt uh, that um, maybe Kralov had the better of it he was uh, landing uh, better shots uh, Ankilev was uh, was did well to, to keep the, the, the fight in the clinch and push it up against the cage and try and battle for position uh, and I think that's where uh, Kralov struggled in this first round he got tucked to the, the ground and he got locked up a little bit uh, but when he was able to get it on the feet he was landing some good shots um, second round it was kind of more of the same for, for Ankler he was able to um, find more of his, um, his shots in, in, in range he was able to uh, stuff the takedowns that we, we saw from Kralov but then also land his own takedowns um, then going into the third it, I felt that Kralov kind of woke up a little bit maybe he was going to maybe push for the win uh, unfortunately uh, the, the quality of Ankleb's uh, ground game and um, the, the the big right hands that he had uh, were just uh, picking Kralov off um, and I felt that uh, Ankleb barely scraped uh, and, and deserved the, the decision with uh, with just the, the better work rate than Kralov and unfortunately Kralov uh, has, has dropped a, a fire in the in the lightweight division. Yeah definitely you can uh, see why judges give it to Ankalev but this was one of the most boring fights I've watched in a long time. It was there was nothing that really well. These, these, like I said, these two are known for finishers. They didn't know for not getting out the first mm -hmm. round. And it was the sleep fest. Like, I was going to sleep halfway through it. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on in this fight? Like, this is not in their characteristics to go to the decision. Mm -hmm. You were Bisping saying it prior, like, yeah, the judges are going to be watching, but they're not going to be needed. Well, they were in this one. So, yeah, we like said, can't argue with it. He, he say um, Ankle had the the better work rate and he were able to just edge it over the finish line quicker than his opponent and the judges seen it that way as well. Yep. So let's get into this main event and this again did not go how we we expected to go. These are again like uh, Kralov and Ankalev, two fighters who very rarely take it out of the first round. Uh, Rosenstruik, who, uh, who Michael Bispin put it uh, perfectly on commentary as having nuclear bombs for fists, and Cyril Ganews. Quite quickly, I mean, I think this was only his fourth UFC fight, but he's, he's become one of my, my favourite heavyweights to watch because he's got a, a very wide range of skills. He, he almost fights kind of like a middleweight dude where he's like bouncing on his feet and he's, uh, he's always like uh, in and out looking looking for uh, the angles. There's very much not like, there's not a lot of heavyweights that, that fight like this guy. So it was a disappoint, boing, disappointing watching this fight because Rosenstruck just did not come to have a fight. He came to maybe he w he was kind of bulled by the the way he beat um, Overeem, where he took four and a half, four and three quarter rounds with a punishment, and then landed that one killer blow. Uh, but it didn't work with Cyril Gagne. Cyril landed some beautiful looking shots. He's got. For, for someone so big, he has got wicked fast pace. Uh, those uh, those uh, jabs really pop off. Uh, but what he did was he was able to keep um, 
um, Rosa Zurich at bay with the long arms. I mean, there were a few few times where he got pulled by uh, um, Herb Dean for having his fingers outstretched. I think he officially got a hard warning, so he was very close to, to losing points. But it was the 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 keeping up bay with the long jabs and then with the with the kicks to the well almost like the um, the oblique kicks and the front uh, the uh, front kicks that that kept Rosenstreich at bay. But going in, out of the the second and third round, Rosenstreich just looked absolutely gassed, really really glad not not wanted to be there. We got little spurts uh, throughout the fight where it looked like he may get a second wind and, and throw a few punches. But as the commentary said, he was coming with one punch at a time. There was no kind of urgency from him to to land more than one shot and. You could you could argue the same with 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 Cyril Gagne, but the difference is Gagne was landing big hits, big shots, and and really popping uh, Rosenstreich. And to be fair, if I were Gagne, I wouldn't want to be getting into a dirty boxing fight with someone like Rosenstreich because that motherfucker will clean you out in in one punch. Um, so basically, we got twenty five minutes of that uh, really kind of like a chess match of a fight. But unfortunately, Rosa Street just wasn't up to the up to the game. I I would argue the fifth round was probably his best round because he knew he had to go for it. So we saw a little bit more pressure for him, but there was just nothing there from him. Uh, nothing like the 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 finish to the Overeem fight. And Cyril Gagne picks up uh, a well deserved clean sweep of all the rounds and moves to four and zero in, in the division. Yeah, that's it. You, you can't blame him. He were able to get the job done, rolling straight. I don't know what he were. You can. I understand. I can feel he caught what his, what his coaches were feeling like at the obviously at the sideline mm-hmm. when he banged up canvas and he. Oh yes, yeah, he was he was fuming. Mm, it's well, you can just tell. It's like when you when you've got a fighter there and you've been depending on how many weeks where it be that six, eight, twelve week or whatever, depending mm-hmm. on how long camp is, and you you've been working on drills constantly, day in, day out, and then your fighter goes in there and just starts throwing a couple of things. Doesn't want to perform, yeah. yeah. And then it doesn't want to like, throw anything else, and doesn't want to try and connect, and doesn't want to engage. And Then you've also got a, a, his opponent, obviously, Siligandi, he, were, he was throwing a lot of things. Yeah, fair enough, he was throwing a lot more than... Um, Rosenstreich. Rosenstreich, but... It wasn't. It wasn't throwing that many. It's just because Rosenstreich was throwing near enough nothing, mm-hmm. and he he just this was another one. It were a boring fight, and from a a card that has had some decent fights earlier on, it's like they they got chitter yeah. on the line. So for every fight that got later on, it just got more and more crap. And I don't want to shit on the UFC. Cause I fucking love the UFC, like, but. Jesus Christ, you, you've got the core main event that was known for finishers and that went to decision with a boring fight and then this one as well, finishers, and then it went to decision with a boring fight. None of them, the most exciting thing is were a nut shot. Which wasn't even really what I thought. No. I thought it was, a, it was high, it was almost like the, the waste, yeah. Um, but we got through it. I mean, for every kind of like turn in the punch bowl, UFC have been providing us with some uh, banging cards. So we've got to put up with with some 
trap every now and again. Uh, but next week is a bigger UFC 259 triple title matches. Um, just looking at some of the, even some of the prelims are, are massive fights. In uh, on the early prelims, so not even the televised prelims, you've got Tim Elliott taking on Jordan Espinosa. Uh, going on to the 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 televised ones, that we've got Dominic Cruz against Casey Kenner, uh, Song Yudong against Carla Phillips, Joseph Benavidez on the early prelims taking on uh, Asker Askarov. And then a main card, a banger card all the way through. Tiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. Islam Makachev taking on Drew Dober. Um, the bantamweight title for grabs with Petr Jan taking on Aljamain Sterling. That should be an absolute war. Um, the women's featherweight title, Amanda Nunes finally coming back to action to take on uh, Megan Anderson. And then that uh, main event... Um, Israel Adesanya stepping up from middleweight, uh, unbeaten record, taking on uh, the Polish powerhouse of Jan Blachowicz. That is a massive fight. So I've got every hope that next week's card uh, is going to deliver. At least two out of those three title fights are going to deliver massive, massive uh, performances. So uh, come back and check in for that. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Follow the show at Five Rounds Pod. And then make sure you uh, subscribe to all the networks that this show is on. That's Vision of Global Media, The Chair Shot, and Shooting the Sports Ish. Uh, thank you all for listening. And hopefully, thank God that that is now the end. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Welcome. To Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.